0: UnSilence, Voices of Young Tibetans is a podcast presented by the Foundation for Nonviolent Alternatives where young Tibetans share their personal stories, experiences, opinions and journey in exile. Dashi and welcome to our FNVA podcast, UnSilence, Voices of Young Tibetans. The European bloc, Germany in particular, has been a friend of Tibet. They were the foremost nation to bring a resolution supporting Tibet in the Parliament, the Bundestag, setting a trend and template that other nations supporting Tibet followed. Tibetan supporters in Germany come from all walks of life, including individuals at various capacities in the governmental setup, the Tibet support groups and civil society bodies, and a plethora of individuals. In this context, I welcome our guest. She is an individual who does not shy away when it comes to Tibet. She pioneers and leads an important Tibet organization in Germany, namely the Tibet Initiative Jewish Land, And I personally have seen her on various platforms illustrating and explaining the brutality and bias repression occurring in China-occupied Tibet. Welcome to our podcast, Dinzi Zogbaola.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much for having me here. I'm um, honored that I'm able that I'm able to speak here and to have this podcast with you together. Thank you a lot for your work as well.
0: So, Tinzilla, firstly, I would like to ask about the recent mass uprising occurring in China. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh, um, at the beginning, I was, re- I was really surprised because I think no one was actually um, really thinking that this was, would happen at that- That moment, um, shortly after um, the party congress, Um, this yeah, it was it was amazing to see. I think as a Tibetan, mm, I'm very used to demonstrate on the street and to speak up for our rights and for our culture and saving our identity. But for people who don't know this privilege, it must be an an incredible experience. Um, to feel this community movement. Um, I was born in 1991, so I have never experienced protests in China or the protests at Tiananmen. And when I have seen first-time Chinese demonstrating for human rights, and for freedom and shouting free Tibet here in Berlin, um, it touched me deeply. Um, I can not really, I, it was very hard for me to find words um, because I think this was a moment we all were waiting very long for it. And yeah, looking back, this whole prot- protest in China was triggered by the fire in Urumqi in Ost Turkestan. And, um, accordingly to the officials, um, sadly, 10 Uyghurs, at least 10 Uyghurs, others speak with, from more numbers, um, died in this fire. And it was one of the beginning points. Um, and I found it very impressive to see the Chinese people are uh, publicly standing up for what they call minorities. But, um, nowadays, if we follow the protest, we can see it is less about the rights of Uyghurs, Tibetans, or Hong Kong. It's now, nowadays, mostly about the rights and the suffering of Chinese people under the zero-COVID policies. So um, I think we really have to observe the movement Um, and especially in exile here with the students, we need to engage a lot and we also have to educate each other um, because I think personally this could be a change for our movement. And um, yeah, but the Communist Party was great and did a good job in, in spreading their propaganda. So I think most important right now is to educate each other, speak which is other and exchange um, so that in future we can stand more strongly together and yeah, fight together against the communist party. Um, yeah, it. I think it's very inspiring and motivating for me, and I'm very curious to see how everything will develop in the future.
0: So definitely, you not only express the feelings of a Tibetan seeing what's going in China, but right after this, we had a. I think I can call it a worldwide movement to an extent, the A4 Revolution. Uh, and yes. even your organization did something. So if you can share that experience, it would be really nice.
1: Sure. Yeah, I think uh, it is very important to show solidarity. And seeing this movement from young Chinese holding up a empty white paper, which is a symbol of resistance, it's so strong. Um, and that that's why we organized um, immediately a, a solidarity protest in Germany and um, I think here in Germany we have a really good connection with, between cross movements so we work together closely with the Uyghurs the Hong Konger Taiwanese people and now also Chinese and on 10th December Human Rights Day we will have the first time ever a big demonstration together with all groups standing up for freedom and human rights and that yeah i'm as i already said i think especially tibetans we have suffered extremely over the last 70 years we have lost our country we have seen how our culture is being destroyed how thousands of tibetans get arrested, tortured, and killed, and all these leaves a lot of scars in our community. But at the same time, His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, was always encouraging us um, to not lose compassion towards the Chinese. And I think this really helps us now to engage in a dialogue and to work together um, to form a new movement. Against the CCP, and yeah, I think now it's a little bit difficult to say because everything is still quite new. We are getting in contact and um, in touch with the Chinese students, but I think we have to see how it develops over the next months, also within China. But I'm I'm sure I'm the spark is here. You. Also, um, the spark was set in all the young Chinese demonstrators who were on the street. And I don't think that the CCP can easily cut this off um, because yeah, now they know how it feels to stand together on the street and show um, and start a movement and yeah.
0: Definitely. Seeing youngsters, you know, taking the initiative is really inspiring for even me and you, both of us being youngsters. And, you know, like China's future is in their hands. So seeing these Chinese raise up their voices against their own government, who are very much, you know, like all of us know the activities that they carry out. So it's very encouraging and Hopefully in the coming years or even the coming days, who knows, we can see some, you know, concrete changes happening in China. We'll just keep this topic aside for now, but we'll catch Mm -hmm. it up later. But moving more onto your personal life, can you tell us about yourself and how was it growing up as a Tibetan in Europe?
1: Yeah, um, sure. Of course. Um, my mother, she's Tibetan and my father is Austrian and I was very lucky to grow up in a Western country uh, where I could live freely and learned, um, what it means to express my opinion. Um, I think my Tibetan side particularly is very strong because my sister and me, we mostly lived with my mother who already led a Tibetan community. And um, we had a Tibetan restaurant in Austria. And also my father, he always showed a lot of respect and understanding and interest for the Tibetan culture. Um, So yeah, this is how I got into This Tibetan identity, I would say, in a very natural way. Um, Also, having aunties and cousins who live in Switzerland was very helpful. Um, But I think what actually had the most impact on, on my life was that we had a Tibetan restaurant in Austria. And this was a meeting point, like a Tibetan culture center, where a lot of activists and people who were interested. To show solidarity and to stand up for Tibet and um, this inspired me a lot I would say and um, I think I did not I never realized until now how much influence it had on my life (laughs) Um, so I slowly got involved with the Tibetan movement as well and also with the Tibetan youth movement in Switzerland I think that's a great association. Um, And that was very helpful also to build my personality, I think as a mixed heritage, Tibetan. um, It's not always easy, but it is definitely um, doable to find a good balance between both cultures and also getting engaged with SFT in america was inspiring um i was part of the tibetan action camp um in 2016 i think yeah that that was very helpful um
0: so yes one interesting thing that i uh, i can get from what you said right now is how you know you mentioned that uh the restaurant the tibetan restaurant was sort of the spark the inspiration that led you you know like continue and even further promote what Tibet is and, you know, doing your best in resolving the Tibet-China conflict. So I think like in a way, like we need to one way to, you know, further promote the Tibet cause or the Tibet issue to an extent is by, you know, generating or creating such hubs, especially for youngsters to gather together because the youngsters are in a way the future of our generation, of our people. So that yeah. was very interesting Tenzin.
1: Yeah, I think my mother did a great job um, regarding in this. So she was always um, a great role model for me seeing how how you can do a change or how you can work for Tibet in, in exile. And um, yeah, having this Tibetan restaurant definitely helped me to have a safe space growing up. Um, But yeah, I got a lot of opportunities from her as well um, at all the demonstrations or meeting with politicians in Austria when she was doing advocacy work to follow her and to see um, what is important and that people are interested in our uh, destiny and that people are really touched if they hear what is going on inside Tibet. Um, I actually I was never planning to do full workshop for Tibet and just by getting asked by our board members or having this opportunity um, I really realized that my professional education I got could make a difference um, here on political level and so Yeah, it's also nice to see that there are places for Tibetans um, to go from the personal uh, engagement to a professional level and to combine this in the work for Tibet.
0: Definitely. And, you know, uh, personally, I would like to thank your mother on that note. You know, like mothers are really an inspiration to us. And for you in particular, she's gone beyond, you know, being a mother, like bringing you to the Tibet cause and it's really inspiring. I think we need more such Tibetans in our community. So that was really great insight to your personal life and I already mentioned you mentioned about this in the introduction about how you are one of the leaders of the Tibet Initiative Deutschland. So I would like to ask you whether, like, what were the inspiration and the reasons behind this very organization, and in what way has it, you know, helped? catered towards resolving the Tibet-China conflict?
1: Mm. Um, So TID, Tibetan Initiative Deutschland, um, was founded in this very um, emotional year of 1989 um, by Tibetans in exile and uh, German activists together in the former capital city Bonn and from the beginning it was clear that TID wanted to advocate for the Tibetan people' rights of self-determination and the protection of human rights inside Tibet. So um, it was at the beginning, they started as a small group, but over the year, it grown. Especially during the years in two thousand and eight and two thousand and nine, when the Olympic happened, uh, Olympic Games happened in China the first time, and the protests in Tibet um, were escalating. So, um, over the last thirty years, we managed to gain around one thousand five hundred members and supporters and i think it's amazing to see how the structure of this organization was built so it is our focus is really on the civil society and that's why we have around third uh, around 50 regional chapters all over germany and contact persons for tibet um so if anyone wants to get in contact or wants to have informations or an event or anything about tibet they will have someone who's very close to them they can contact and yeah as a uh, non-profit organization we are political independent and We try to make a change on the political agenda in Germany. So as as you already said at the beginning, um, during the last years, um, there has been a lot of successful work in German um, German politics. And we are trying to continue. And I can definitely see that support is here and that the parliamentarians especially are very interested to support. Um, the Tibetan cause, but also on the on the local local level. Um, so I think one of the most famous campaign we have, or the most successful campaigns we have, is the raise the flag campaign um, in Germany, which is which always happens on tenth of March, and um, it's already since twenty six years um, that. TID is encouraging cities and towns to raise the Tibetan flag. And um, last year we had almost 450 cities who raised the flag on the city hall, the Tibetan flag. And yeah, so especially thinking about that last year we had the um, Olympic Games in Beijing as well. And sadly, our councillor did not have an uh, official boycott. I thought it was great to see that uh, 450 cities and towns were willing to show such a strong solidarity statement um, for Tibet. And yeah, we are also now preparing it again because 10th March is already quite near. And um we try to increase the number every year, but it's yeah, it's not easy. Um, also, here in Germany, the influence of the Chinese embassy is really strong. And yeah, as I said, already nowadays, more and more people uh, tend to forget about Tibet. And yeah, so this is a part of what we do. There's much more. <laughs>
0: So, Tinzala, something really, you know, important that you mentioned is the membership of your organization. You know, you said you have a lot of members, especially Germans. So, is there... Are you aware of any Germans among your organization who have been to Tibet? And what were their impressions to Tibet if they have been there?
1: Yeah. So, we all... Of our members so most of our members they are germans and many of them actually have been in tibet so since the organization is already more than 30 years old a lot of them have experienced tibet before 2008 or maybe until 2010 they traveled to tibet and um, had the Um, experience and if I speak with them um, I can really see that they were touched by what they have seen inside Tibet and when they came back they decided to get active because the situation was so bad and they could feel this um, the oppressions from the Chinese government Um, even if they were there as a tourist they they decided to get involved in the Tibetan freedom movement, and I think this is yeah. I'm, I'm I I always can't say how thankful I am for everyone who is still a part and who is never who does not get tired of speaking up for Tibet even 20 or 30 years later. And you can see they are doing a great job, and they are deeply involved, um, and they don't stop organizing demonstrations or virtual or um, events for Tibet. But as I already said, many of them, they are uh, older generation. They are this generation who had the opportunity to travel to Tibet. Nowadays, it is very seldom to meet younger people who have been in Tibet during the last 10 years. And I think this is a big struggle we are facing because people, yeah, they are losing the connections with Tibet. And also nowadays, it's not even in the mainstream media anymore a topic. Um, Definitely in the 90s, 2000s, this was still um, quite present. Tibet was still quite present. And um, yeah, so... There is these two generations we are trying to bring together. And for me, as a Tibetan who has never been inside Tibet, it is so, um, it's very helpful to learn and to hear about the experience our members have made in Tibet, to see the pictures. A lot of them took a lot of pictures. and. Um, also understanding that they were touched so deeply um, by the Tibetan culture and that they understood that this is a precious culture which should be protected. Um, so that they also dedicated their life for our cause.
0: Sure, definitely, Tenzin. And like as you mentioned, how you have not been to Tibet, and even I'm one of those Tibetans who has sadly, you know, like not been to Tibet. And even though we want to go to Tibet, I think like the Chinese not only the firewall or whatever you want to call it, their censorship, their surveillance over us Tibetans. You know, it prevents us Tibetans to, you know, visit our homeland, our motherland, the land of our ancestors, and it's very sad. And on top of this, you also mentioned how these days the youngsters are getting disconnected, and not only Tibetan youngsters, but also the foreigners to an extent. We can see how China is trying to manipulate them, especially those bloggers and influencers, you know, like... So yeah, I think they are the Chin- the Chinese government and their United Front Work dev- Work Department is doing their bit to you know sh- propagate, spread the propaganda of the Chinese Communist Party. But organizations like yourself are doing the best to you know not only counter it but come above the- above their propaganda and you know share the truth to all of us. Yeah. So Tenzila, like, uh, uh, not only. Tibetans going to Tibet, like, each day, you know, it's very sad to hear of, like, we come across these news of, you know, Tibetans being arbitrarily sentenced, arrested, and even, to an extent, killed. So, what necessary actions can we as Tibetans in exile take to, you know, like, help those Tibetans, our Tibetan sisters and brothers inside Tibet, at least, you know, to relieve some sort of pressure that they're facing day in and day out?
1: Yeah, I think this is a very, very good and strong and important question everyone has to ask themselves. I think there are many ways you can help, but you have to, yeah, you have to want to... Uh, donate a part of your life for this and I think yeah as maybe I think you I'm sure you heard or you thought about this as well as a Tibetan we don't have a lot of options as soon as we call ourselves Tibetans we are part of activism Um, so I I definitely think the, the Tibetan movement have has done a lot of great um, improvements and um, during the last 60 years since we live in exile and I'm very thankful for everything what was built up in the past. So I really try to engage as much as possible also with the generation of my mother, for example, because I think we can learn a lot from them. And um, if they would not have done this great job, Tibet would today would not be a topic at all anymore but we are. Tibet is still a topic and in the mind of many people, Tibet is still not a part of China. Um, So we have been very successful also thankfully of, um, his, of his holiness the Dalai Lama who did an amazing job and now I think it's time for us for the new generation to to understand what we got and to go on with the work and this can be completely there can be completely new ways um, so for example uh, tid we've tried to engage more young people uh, through social media to to see or to give informations uh, which are graphically um, interesting and easy to understand, and also some basic informations. Yeah, and I can see, especially on social media, um, we have success. But um, just if we got, just by having a lot of likes and shares, we don't get more people on the street um, for protesting with us. Um, so this is this is another topic. Um, but. <laughs> Um I think nowadays, yeah, it is not necessary to decide to be an activist who is always on the street. You can help Tibet in many ways, but the most important is to inform yourself about what is happening inside Tibet. So I encourage everyone to really l- l- read the news which are coming out of Tibet because they are shocking. And if you think about uh, what the Tibetans how the Tibetans in Tibet are still suffering for example in this colonial boarding school system which is going on right now in Tibet or the forced DNA samples and arrestments and the, all of this is so for, for me this is uh, shocking and at the same time it's motivating because I know every information we get about Tibet comes out from uh, Tibetan inside Tibet Who is willing to put himself or his life in danger for letting us know what is happening inside Tibet. And that's one of the reasons why we can say that there is still resistance inside Tibet and that the people inside Tibet did not stop fight, did not stop to fight for their uh, freedom, human rights and rights of self-determination. And um, I think if you, if everyone reads and follow the news, this is actually the most important and motivating thing you can do then. Because, um, yeah, it's amazing to see how brave our people in Tibet are still are. And yeah, we need to share this. We, every every information we get from Tibet is precious, and we have to share them with the world, with our friends, um, and colleagues, everyone, so that we don't forget what is happening inside Tibet.
0: Indeed, and you really, you know, express the feeling of a lot of Tibetans on this topic of what we Tibetans need to do, and, you know, an initiative by your very organization, which I came to know just recently, even though I watched the play, I think, when They came to Delhi, the Palak play. So that drama really, you know, like uh, for me, it's been a while watching such plays. So, you know, we tend to watch such plays when we were Tibetan schools when we were young. But watching it again and, you know, on a professional level to that extent, like it really, you know, brings Tibet closer to your heart. And what can you, what are your thoughts on that? Like, and what could you say on that? Because your organization was very much involved in its production and making, right, Enzin?
1: Right, um this is actually our big um, project at the moment, and I'm very happy that uh, we managed to. <laughs> um, that the play is now, um, yeah, that the play is had already his India premiere and India tour. Uh, we work together um, with the CTA, I'm very thankful for having this cooperation as well, and with Tibet. Theater and TIPA. And it's amazing because um, it all started when I actually just arrived new in Germany with this job, or I just started with this job. And Harry Fuhrmann, the director from Germany, he introduced me to this project and he told me about this play, about the story, and about Lakbad Zering, who was very uh, passionate about it and who wanted to show the world. Um, on a on a cultural and creative level, um, what the situation in Tibet is like. And as a political organization, um, this play actually fit really good to our topic, and that's why I was um, um, I really wanted to support them as much as possible. And I'm really happy that we were able now to prepare for next year a big tour in Germany and Switzerland and we have over 10 cities more than 20 performances of this play in Tibetan language Um, and uh, it's it's a contemporary play so um, I think this is something what especially people here in Germany or also in Switzerland probably never have experienced before and it gives us an opportunity to reach people um as i said who might have not had any emotional touching points with tibet um since you said you have seen the 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 play already i think you know that the whole story and the work of the artist what they have done it is so emotional and touching and um i think if you see the play you can understand a little bit the, the difficulty of being a Tibetan and finding the right way to resist and to continue in a non-violence way. Also, if you have like, especially in Tibet, when you are faced uh, violence and brutality every year, every day and um, having this oppression all over. Um, So I really hope that we can reach a new group probably, or a mass of people who, yeah, get inspired from the play and who are willing after seeing the play to inform themselves more about the situation inside Tibet and who are willing to support the movement in future. Um, I hope it will reawaken the people's interest on Tibet, especially here in Germany.
0: Indeed, Tenzin. And, like, uh, and among those who've got inspired, you have one of them here right in front of you. So it was not only me. I think we had a lot of friends with me like when we went to watch the play, play. And some of us, I think, really got emotional. Like, we, Even though we were men, like, oh, like, even men can cry, right? Like Some of them had tears coming out. And though tears yeah. didn't come out from me, like I literally felt goosebumps for the first time. The goosebumps Uh that you get from the emotional feeling rather than the normal one that you get from, you know, cold. So really good play. And I would like to second and echo what you said, that especially when the play goes to Germany, other European countries, and maybe even America, that flocks of Tibetans would come and watch this play. Yeah. And on top of this, you mentioned how, you know, like the Central Tibetan Administration, the Tibetan government in exile is also involved and supports this initiative by, us, by your organization. And continuing on that path, like recently you had the opportunity to not only meet Sikyong Pembat but also Kalu Nong along with other Tibetan officials during their recent trip to Europe. So what did... You come out from the interaction that you had with them like what did you feel after you know engaging with them formally and informally
1: um uh, so first i would like to add something on the pala tour um, i really hope that we um at the moment it is only planned that it is um, will be shown in germany and switzerland but i hope that in future that the play will travel through many countries um because yeah i think it's a great opportunity um, for all of us and um, I was at the premiere in Dharamsala in the, at Tipa and I could i was I was not um I would never have never um, i would ne- have never thought that the whole audience of Tibetans would be touched that deeply as I have seen it and um, so yes that's why I'm very happy that we managed it. And um, yes, with the CTA, I think this is a great project that we did this together. And um, for me, the most important is to have an exchange between um, CTA, and but as well also with other organization, I think, in the Tibetan movement, we have to stand together and we have to inform each other about what are our plans so that we can work more professionally together in the same direction. And that's why I think it was uh, a great opportunity that um, Prime Minister Pemba sering and also members of, parliament, of the parliament, Tibetan parliament came to visit uh, Germany. Um, In Germany, we mostly work together with ICT on political level and we also have a parliamentarian group for Tibet in which all um, there are politicians from all parties. So we speak about Tibet quite regularly. We inform them. Um, But I think it is completely different if officials from the exile government go Come, come to Germany and have the meetings. Um, compared to what we do, it's important. Our work is very important, but having having an exile government in India is something special. which is not comparable with any other freedom movement. And our government still is highly uh, respected from our politicians in Germany. And that's why I really hope that in future uh, we will have much more of these meetings, Um, uh, especially our councillor at the moment, he's not, not so outspoken about human rights and especially focusing on China. So I think we need to make sure that, uh, that our exile government and pembert has the opportunity to meet him in future one day. Like also um, Angela Merkel has met His Holiness, uh, for example. This is, these are strong statements. Um, yes, and also having, it's not not only having the exchange between the government, Exile government and our German government, also having the exchange between the support organization and um, CTA is important to know what they are planning for the future. Uh, I think, yeah, especially um, seeing that the Exile government at the moment is trying to focus much more on young people Like for example, with this VTEC, I think that's that's great and very important. And I also we have we have a little group in Germany, from Tibetan youth group, and I can see that they they get the information about um, what um, the government is trying, um, how they are trying to involve more young. People and also the surveys and stuff like this. I think that's very helpful. Um, That they feel respected and heard, and that their opinion, even if they might not are super informed about the actual situation in Tibet, that they still, as Tibetan, as young Tibetan, um, living in exile their opinion matters and um, I think that's great. And yeah, we had really try to encourage all the young Tibetans here in Germany to take part and um, luckily we have some um, who are very active as well. And so far, I think, um, yeah, <laughs> just, there is, they have a lot of plans and um, we will try to support as much as possible also to Bring the Tibetan movement, this Tibetan Sino uh, conflict, much more into the public. And yeah, as I already said, like this first project with Pala, I think is a good start. And in future, I hope there will be much more such events together.
0: Definitely, Lenzi. So moving on, like, I would like to ask whether you have any messages to our fellow Tibetans and also the plethora of Tibetan supporters who continue to stand in solidarity with us Tibetans when it comes to the China-Tibet conflict.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think (laughs) I already Mm. had a lot of, um, yeah, messages to all our supporters and Tibetans. Um, But yeah, I... I recently had a paper in my hand from my mother. Um, So my mother, she she was born in Tibet and escaped to India. And afterwards she was, um, she grew up in a Swiss family in Switzerland. So my Swiss grandparents, they received a short information letter about her. And I thought it was very, nice to read that there was like a section where they wrote that my mother's family had to escape uh, from the oppression of the communist party and they are now as refugees having a hard time to make their living. They are offering their child to the protection of His Holiness um, as they hope that the child in future will be able to serve for Tibet. For the Tibetan people and the Tibetan race and this having reading this it made me really clear again that it is much more than a choice my it's much more than my choice um being active for Tibet because they have been we have to respect and I have high respect to my grand parents who have made such a hard decision to um, give away their children in, to another family just to make sure that they will never um, stop fighting for Tibet. And this is something what I think we should all remember that um, our, our um, grandparents and our parents, they have done really amazing jobs and um, also my my Swiss grandparents who really took this message very serious and made sure that my mother, even if she grows up in a Swiss family, she never forget that she is Tibetan and also for me growing up in a Western society, I think it is Doable, and we are a very, like all Tibetans, are a great example um, for also other movements to um, to see that you don't just because you lose your country, it not necessarily means that you are losing your culture and your identity. Um, it is hard work, and we have we still have to fight for it. Um, but yeah, we should never lose the hope. Uh, because yeah, sixty more than sixty years after the occupation of Tibet, we are still here. We are still speaking about Tibet and how we can support Tibetans inside Tibet with their struggle. And I'm pretty sure that the Communist Party in China would would never have thought that after. 1959, uh, they still have to fight with a young generation um, uh, about the topic of Tibet. And that's why I'm really, uh, yeah, I think we we have done a lot, right? There's been a lot of success in the Tibetan movement if you think about that. And at the same time, we need to, um, to make sure that we don't stop and that we don't step back, especially now, as at the beginning we spoke about, this movement in China is an opportunity. And I think the Tibetan community, we are well prepared for any scenario which is happening. And yeah, so now I hope a lot of people uh, will follow and support us also in future and that Tibet will never been forgotten.
0: Thank you so much, Tenzila. Your messages of, you know, not only positivity regarding the Tibet cause, but your own organization, the Tibet Initiative, Line and its functioning, like, like not only focusing on activism, but also, you know, focusing on literature, the Palak play, and other level of interactions, really sends a very strong message, message against the Communist Party of China, who, you know, they tend to think as Tibetans as, you know, like, ignore us to an extent, like even in the recent, uh, I think the recent speech at the 20th National Congress party, like there was no mention of Tibet, but more or less, I think this sends the message that they want to keep us hidden because they are more or less afraid of us. So your messages and your interaction with us today definitely showed us that Tibetans are never going to waver. We will be there. We will be there. Thank you, Denzila
1: thank you very much i'm very honored and thankful that i could speak here and thank you for this program it's amazing thank you
0: thank you for more videos and updates by fmba you can click on the link and please subscribe to our channel thank you for watching